As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30, the 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams get a throw. One on one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Barth. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It is Anthony Pagnata back with you guys as always, and we continue our quarantine interviews uh, with one of our guys from uh, the from the last couple of years, Jeremiah Clark, uh, a guy that was with Carolina from 2015 to 2018, and uh, of course now uh, actually is continuing his uh, playing career up in Canada. But we'll get to that as we go through it. But uh, first of all, Jeremiah, hey man, uh, it's we, we're living in just a, a crazy time right now with everything that's going on with the uh, COVID-19 virus and everything. So, um, I mean, how how are you dealing with it right? now and and how are you trying to keep yourself busy during this uh, unprecedented time in our history um so just doing what athletes do best and uh, I continue to work out uh throughout the week at my private trainer who has a gym within his house so I'm not really bound by you know the rules of normal people's gyms so you know we wipe everything down after a rep or Mm -hmm. after a set and you know, wash your hands when you pull up. But I'm still getting work in every day because uh, when this is over, I'm going to have to go play up in Canada. So right. just trying to stay in shape and do things like that. But I'm also working in Virginia um, before I go back to Canada. So I work for the city. So I'm, I'm kind of good. You know, I work in the parks, rec- parks and rec department. You know, shout out Leslie Nope. <laughs> but we're just enjoying being inside and the ability to catch up on all the shows I've missed in the last, you know, couple of months while I've been just out living life. So it's been enjoyable. I mean, I'm tired of being in the house with all these people, but you know, it's, it's getting close to the end. I'm guessing or hoping, praying, you 
Right, yeah, no, you're right. I'm doing the same thing as well. Game of Thrones has been my show that I've been going through, which is a great one. Um, but uh, I mean, look, man, you know, I got to first ask you this because I was never able to ask you this during your time at Carolina. Where did you get the nickname Fat Mellow? How did that actually start? Because that was my favorite nickname of anybody on the entire team. I mean that I from what I can remember all the Toriel fans pretty much referred to you as that uh, I don't even some of the guys might not even know who you're at what your actual name is at this point but uh, a very common thing uh, that a lot of people don't know my name I like to keep it that way um, you know moving silence at all times <laughs> I feel you man I feel you but look you're a name that's definitely worth remembering because you were a four-year contributor at Carolina um, finishing all four years that you were there with 30 or more tackles um, your first two years were part of a, a very successful stretch in which the team won 19 uh, of the 27 games that were played. So, you know, what was it like to be part of, of one of the most successful stretches in Carolina football history, but the most successful stretch here of Carolina football since the turn of the decade? Um, I mean, in the moment, I guess you don't realize how successful the team is. You just enjoy the wins and, you know, you think about and you know you try and do better on the losses um I think it wasn't until my end of my career where I started to realize we were losing more and losing isn't fun as much, not as much fun as winning I mean if you come in uh to a team that's you know looking for a formula you add a champion caliber coach like Gene Chizik and a lot of great pieces that are still playing today in the NFL and you know you just have a special team no matter what people want to take away from it I mean I've had some of my best years of those first two year teams but I've had even more fun on the teams that weren't as successful because you know through struggle you find real teammates and as much fun as I had on those earlier teams where you're winning and having all the success I you, you really learn about you know people how people react and who you really are when the chips are down and your back's against the wall and you've got to well, we talked to one of your former teammates, Tyler Powell, about those last two seasons, and he kind of said that he thought really no, nothing really changed mindset-wise. It was just the bad luck of injuries and everything. Is that kind of how you feel as well, or was there maybe an, an, an underlying cause that maybe we couldn't see but that you saw in the locker room of, of something that changed and led to those struggles? No, no change. If anything, it's kind of like how USC basketball was this year. You know, just a, a slew of bad luck and injuries and something you can't prepare for. I mean, the team 
was talented, had all the pieces, yes, could we have had better players and better positions? Probably, but who wouldn't say that? Right. I mean, but from what we had, we had the ability to win. If you go back to those games, we're literally in it to the end. Mm-hmm. In several games, we lose in overtime or in the fourth quarter in the last two minutes. So it's, you can say what you want. We were in position to win a lot of those games, right. and we just didn't execute what we were supposed to. So I don't say there was any more of a change, just more of a um, lack of uh, a lack of execution in the big moments, and that's on us. Well, let's not focus on the negatives. Let's go back to 2016 for the moment that um, I, I, I look at as, as my favorite moment of your career, and that was the fumble recovery in the game against Miami. You know, what were your memories of, of that play, a play at the time that, that sealed just a humongous win for Carolina in, in a season that was looking at the time like it was going to continue to go in a fantastic direction and potentially lead you guys back to the ACC championship game? Um, I mean, it was a great play. Malik had a beautiful move off the edge. He was able to strip the ball out. And I saw nothing but green grass in the end zone. And I'm more upset that I didn't have a chance to score for Tar Heel fam. But, <laughs> you know, you live in regret. But it was it's a great moment. I mean, it's one of my favorite plays. Um, easily top five. Um, and it's one of the greatest moments I, I believe I ever had in Carolina history. It's, it's wild. It's, it's literally the epitome of life. It's, it's love. The fact that a teammate from a high school could cause a smack or something and I was able to scoop it on it. Something we've done multiple times. It was just awesome to see happen on the big stage, in the game that mattered, against Miami, who I've grown up literally adoring. And... I mean, even when recruited by to be able to do that in Miami, insane. Yeah, that that was awesome, man. Uh, uh, just a huge win at the time. I was actually still working in the fast food industry, and uh, I remember I was out watching the game and and saw that uh, that that Malik caused the fumble and you recovered it and was freaking out because I, I was always one of those guys that really loved seeing you out there. Really thought that you were a guy that that sh- should have been on the field more and everything like that. So for you to see that moment, I thought was just extremely special and and always one that I'll remember. Um, you know, some of your teammates still remain on the team that will come into 2020 uh, if there is a season which you know we, we can debate that as much as we want right now but if there is actually a season who do you think are some of those guys that you played with who could become the breakout players this season for the Tar Heels well definitely there's a monster at wide receiver and so is Bo and so is Diami. literally the offense is as stacked as I've seen it in recent years, and if I had actually a chance to throw a helmet on, trust me and believe me, I'd be out there. But um, as far as defensively, and as far as the D-line is what I'm going to really talk about, Taman Box, I'm pretty sure he's coming back, and he's right. going to be the final word as far as D-linemen. Like, give him stroll-level production or even more, I mean, because he's been producing since he's been there. Um, his brother, Justice Fire. Fuego inside dog can literally do it all and I like the way Coach Bateman has them moving things around down there the, the defensive front hunts um Jaleel is another good one I mean uh, I'm pretty sure every person on that defensive side of the ball Chaz my old roommate dog Treese Patrice Renee like the whole defense has the chance to really snap and do some crazy things it's just 
if there is a season. And I feel like this Corona thing, if anything, has motivated them to be even more on their game. Um, as far as most athletes are, I, mean, I feel like athletes right now have to really dig in their bag, quote unquote, just to get in the same amount of work that they would usually get in. So if you have to work twice as hard as to get in an average work. Mm-hmm. So it really just puts the difference in between the people who want it and the people who don't. Because if you don't want it, right now is the perfect excuse to stay in the house and watch TV. But if you actually grind and want this more than anything, then there's nothing stopping you. I mean, outside of really coronavirus and the government. But no one's really stopping <laughs> you from getting that work. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, no, I think it's going to, um, kind of like you said, kind of separate the men from the boys in terms of the guys that really want to work and, and put in the, the the time that they need to. And we'll find it out with, with this 2020 team when we hear from Mac Brown, when these guys get back out there, who has been doing the work, who's been you know going along with the nutrition plan, who's been working out the way they're supposed to because there, there is ways to do it. And, and so um, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think on the defensive side of the ball, like you said, this is a, a chance for the Tar Heels to be about as good as they've been defensively probably since Butch Davis was on campus in terms of the amount of talent that's there, um, the the guys that fit the scheme well enough. I, I mean, it, just from what we saw last year, I feel like a lot of guys really like their fit in the scheme. So, um, yeah, th- those were some of the names that we heard. Uh, I think Tamon Fox, like you said, he's going to have a huge season. Uh, Tyler Powell said that as well. Um, so I'm definitely expecting him to step it up and be the leader of that defensive line this year. Um, now let, let's go back to you a little bit. Uh, now, of course, last year uh, after um, you, you went undrafted, uh, you went and participated in rookie uh, Raiders rookie minicamp last year. Um, what was that experience like for you, uh, especially to be able to be coached by a guy in John Gruden who we think is just a, uh, a, a, a great guy, a hilarious guy, but also a really tough coach? What, what was that like? Um, I mean, it was a great experience. Uh, Gruden himself was looking forward to watching me during the camp. Uh, from the moment I got there, I spoke to him and, you know, already knew my name, everything I was about, um, and just really wanted to see what I was going to do in the field. And I feel like I put, at that moment, my best self out there. And, you know, it landed how it landed. There was a lot of talented people out there. Um, and I just, you know, I did what I, the best thing I could do in that moment. And it was a fun experience. Green was a great guy. Um, honestly, I learned a lot about the NFL from the small couple of days I was up there. I mean, you don't really get much, but it was just a right. glimpse of what the professional level of football is like. And, um, like, well, Chester to show me what it was, give me a tea. Um, and then, you know, I went home and got to work and just, you know, hit my adult life. But um, I was able to bounce back and I got a call like a couple months later. Um, my agent told me to just, you know, stay in shape, keep working out, and uh, he'll worry about the team stuff. You just, you know, live your life. Um, so I got a call from the Edmonton Eskimos, and, you know, uh, I guess from that point, the rest has been history. Just been able to uh, do both um, throughout the last couple of months. So what are, you know, going into that 2020 season, you know, what what are your expectations for yourself? What are your goals that you're looking to hit as part of the Eskimos in the CFL this year? Um, honestly, I mean, as simple as it seems, is just make the team and then go from there. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry that I made the team, but, you know, you got to reaffirm it to the coaches right. that you're taking this as serious as they are. Um, and I had a, coach, a call from my defensive coordinator because uh, they just got a new coaching staff in Edmonton um, so again you know I'm going to have to prove myself all over again but I'm willing to do it I'm looking forward to it keeps me on my toes um, 
That would be awesome, man. Hey, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Believe me, uh, you know you're you're a guy that was just so exciting to have on campus. Not only as a football player, but as a personality. Um, you were always awesome. Always loved to interact with the fans. And we are wishing you the best, man. We hope to see you back here in the states, or if not, uh, I mean, look, we've got a ton of guys uh, that have gone on and had very successful careers uh, in the CFL, headlined by uh, guys like Darian Durant, Darius Bowman. Um, so it, it, there's definitely a chance, even up there. In Canada uh, to have a ton of success. So uh, we wish you the best, man. Uh, stay in touch with us, and, and uh, we'll, hopefully we can have you on down the line as your career continues to advance. All right, man? Yeah, I got you. Appreciate it. All right, man. Stay safe. All right, you too. All right, Jeremiah Clark, the former Tar Heel defensive tackle. Great to have him on as part of uh, this exciting series. Guys, we've got so many great guys coming up that are going to be on. Um, I am loving that. Uh, I'm not loving that this is going on right now, but um, I, I'm loving that I'm at least having the opportunity to go back and talk to some of these guys that played with Carolina. And look, we're not only doing some of the more recent guys. I mean, look, we've had a lot of former guys that are just a couple of years removed from college, uh, one year removed, even had Antonio Williams on, uh, which was really awesome to do that. But we're going to go back even further just a little bit and start to get some of the older guys on. And that'll start uh, with the one that's going to be coming up um, here in, in about a week from the time that we air this. And that'll be with former Tar Heel quarterback Chris Kildorf. Uh, you guys won't want to miss that. That's going to be an awesome one. But uh, I'm recording this and uh, I'm actually going to talk to Chris Kildorf tomorrow. Um, so I'm really excited for that part of a day where we're going to do three interviews in one day. So we got a bunch of former guys reaching out. Um, and, you know, I just want to thank them for just giving us the time and and allowing me to sit down with them and, and just talk during this time, giving some human interaction, even though uh, most of them are just uh, hearing hearing me or, or uh, meeting me for the first time. Uh, they've really opened up and really given me some great stories, including Jeremiah right there. So make sure that if you missed any of the other episodes, you go back. As I told you, uh, there's been some great interviews, uh, guys uh, that we've heard from so far, Antonio James, Antonio Williams, uh, two former running backs, uh, one of them that's actually trying to get drafted into the NFL right now. Um, C.J. Cotman, we heard from Deontay Williams, the former standout safety, um, as well as uh, plenty of other guys, Tyler Powell, who we mentioned in there. Um, and we're only going to continue. It's going to be fantastic. So make sure that you guys are checking out all of those. We would really appreciate it. The best way to do it is to make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And the reason we ask you that is because when you rate it and review it, it's going to move the podcast up on some of the platforms. It's, it's going to get it more hits on uh, some of their web pages, and that can help us 
sort of grow this into something not only that you guys can listen to, but that all Tar Heel fans can listen to. Because the bigger it grows, the more people can find it. So we ask for you to help us with that. We'd really appreciate that. And then subscribe. That's for you so that you can listen to every episode of the podcast because you don't want to miss it. We've got so much great stuff coming up with all the players. And then once we get back into the season, me and Josh will be back to sort of break down what we expect for what should be just an amazing 2020 year. There are so many expectations for this team, but this is a team that feels like they're going to be able to live up to it because they've got a guy that could be a once-in-a-generation quarterback for the Tar Heels. So we'll have you covered with all of that. You don't want to miss any of those episodes, so make sure you subscribe. Also, you can head to the website. You can listen to the podcast there as well. You can go and click on the Heel Tough blog podcast tab if you want to listen to our podcast about the basketball team, the Roy's Boys podcast. That tab is up there as well. But also, you can go in there and look at the news that we've got for you. There's so much great stuff on the website. Because we're recording this so far in advance, I'm not really going to get into the specifics, but we are covering everything for you on the football front from recording recruiting uh, to all of the team news. We'll, of course, have you covered on everything when it comes to the 2020 season, where it will be, or, or when it will be played, how it will be played. Uh, if anything gets adjusted, of course, we'll let you know about that. Um, and, and, of course, we'll have you covered all the way through whenever uh, this team gets on the field in 2020. Same thing with basketball. Whenever they get back on the basketball court, we'll have you covered there. We're still having you covered in the offseason as well, though, uh, with all sorts of great features that we're doing on the website. I know they should all be up by now, so go back, check out all of the player reviews. Uh, there's also a podcast that ties in with that on that Roy's Boys podcast page that I told you about, so make sure you go back and check all of those out. Of course, we have you covered with everything NBA Draft as well with the guys. Uh, Cole Anthony potentially going uh, to the NBA Draft as well uh, as a couple of other guys that we'll have to keep an eye on. Um, and and uh, I think you know this is an exciting time for for, for, for Carolina Athletics, even though uh, there is some time off. You're getting to learn a little bit more about some of these guys, and um, we're, we're going to learn a lot about them, just like Jeremiah said. We're going to learn about a lot of the guys who are committed to this, who are really wanting to get uh, themselves in shape and, and ready for this upcoming season um, because, I mean, in, in all sports, you're going through a little bit of adversity right now, not being able to work out, not being able to go to the gym and get reps. So it'll be interesting. We'll have you covered all on that front uh, on HeelToughBlog.com. Make sure you go there and you can scroll down to the bottom and even subscribe to the newsletter. So that does it for this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. want to thank Jeremiah Clark or Fat Mellow as many of you guys know him for joining us. want to thank you guys for listening and as always, Go Tar Heels! Go Tar Heels!